MSW Media. Thanks to Green Chef for sponsoring our podcast. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Go to greenchef.com slash dailybeans60 and use code dailybeans60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Today, top Republicans are now questioning Kevin McCarthy's decision to give the January 6th tapes to Fox News. A Republican House member has introduced a bill that would prevent George Santos from profiting off of his lies. Republican stars are fleeing CPAC and a former FBI special agent has been sentenced to six years in prison for accepting bribes from an organized crime figure. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Mike, 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 Mike. It's hump day. Uh, I hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, I'm going to be joined later by my friend, Dina Nino. She's been on the show before. She's running to be the first trans person to serve as an alder in Wisconsin. And so I am very excited about this because that election, as we know, is going to be on April 4th, where we also decide how the balance of the Wisconsin Supreme Court will look. And that could impact Roe. It could impact abortion care. It could impact gerrymandering, not just for the state of Wisconsin, but for the U.S. House of Representatives as well. So we're going to be having that great conversation with Dean and Nina later in the show today. Very excited about that. We do have a lot of news to get to today. So everybody, let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Manu Raju at CNN, who I met, lovely person. Speaker Kevin McCarthy faced questions from his leadership team Monday night over his plans to publicly release security footage from January 6th, and that's according to multiple sources who spoke to CNN. That's a process that he said could take some time to disseminate widely, even as Fox News host Tucker Carlson has had an early glimpse. While GOP leaders are supportive of the move to release the footage, which was one of the many concessions McCarthy made in his bid to become speaker, Some lawmakers in the closed-door leadership meeting asked whether sensitive security protocols or certain evacuation routes would be exposed by taking that step. Oh, now you're fucking concerned? Okay, cool. Others questioned how long the footage is going to be dragged out in the press, with some lawmakers concerned about the optics of appearing to try to downplay the deadly insurrection in the U.S. Capitol as we go into an election year next year. Yeah, not the smartest idea. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, the Republicans in general have just been going after bad idea after bad idea. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Quote, let's just rip the bandaid off and get this over with. One GOP lawmaker told CNN. Sources said McCarthy assured his leadership team that he wants to move swiftly, but said they need to be deliberate about how they handle it to ensure the release doesn't endanger security. He also told lawmakers that other media outlets will get access to the footage after Tucker Carlson airs his exclusive cherry-picked version of the events, but it could take a few weeks, he said. That real that first impression is really the most important. Fortunately, we had the January 6th hearings as the first impression, and I think more millions of people will have seen those than what Tucker Carlson puts out. CNN, along with a group of other media organizations, has signed on to a letter calling for congressional leaders to grant access to the security footage from the riot. A congressional source familiar with the matter 
said there were ongoing discussions with the Capitol Police about what restrictions should be placed on the footage and that it remained unclear exactly what limitations would be on the video that Carlson would be allowed to air. But even giving Carlson the video footage has spawned widespread concerns. Given that the conservative host has pushed conspiracy theories about the attack, spread lies, the big lie, and downplayed the violence at the hands of Trump supporters. And everybody is sick and tired of Trump. So mm, you really want to go ahead with this? Is this really your move? House GOP conference chair Elise Stefanik of New York confirmed that the topic came up in their leadership meeting and said she fully supports McCarthy's decision to sort of maybe not do something, but also do something. She also said Republicans would ensure that law enforcement and security protocols are protected. Yeah, like you did on January 6th, shove it. Quote, unlike Democrats, we do work very effectively with the Capitol Police. She literally fucking said that. And we respect law enforcement. Can I call my friend Harry Dunn right now? Um, Maybe see what he thinks about this. (laughs) That's what Stefanik told CNN. This is about transparency. No, it's not. It's about whitewashing history. McCarthy, who initially told reporters he would answer questions on Monday, left the Capitol and avoided reporters, ran away. He bravely ran away and he avoided questions about the matter as well. Liar. McCarthy defended his decision to publicly release the footage during the closed door conference meeting on Tuesday morning, according to sources in the room. McCarthy said the release was an important step in the name of transparency and argued this is, by the way, from the same party who's only looking at a tiny little part of the Twitter files, refuses to look at any weaponization of the Justice Department that actually happened during the Trump administration. So, yeah, I'm not buying it. They supported the the spin that they put on the Mueller report release that uh, it totally exonerated Trump. But they're they're It's an important step for transparency. And argued that there wasn't outcry when the select committee showed clips at their public hearings of then Vice President Mike Pence's evacuation. The select committee never revealed Pence's exact escape route, though, uh, but showed photos of him in the garage where he was hiding during the riot because Trump was trying to assassinate him. One of McCarthy's closest allies, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has also downplayed the January 6th attack, backed his decision to give the footage to Tucker Carlson. She told CNN on Monday she played a role in McCarthy's decision, but she wouldn't go into further detail. Mm hmm. Green, who was not in the Monday night meeting. Why would you need to be if you control the whole fucking House of Representatives? She said she's spoken with McCarthy and that the speaker's office is coordinating a process for how to release the footage more widely beyond Fox News, while also ensuring it doesn't violate security concerns. Quote, we can't give away our national security, she said. Everyone in Congress agrees. And I think the American people agree. We don't want Russia or China or any of these other countries being able to study all the entries and exits of our capital. That's foolish. She only wanted her followers and Trump supporters to study the entries and exits of the Capitol. Green told CNN that Carlson's team was also given certain parameters for what they could and couldn't air. Yes, of course, there were parameters. They're being extremely careful and responsible. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Quote, I think it's any day now, she told CNN, asked about when to expect some of the footage to air on Fox News. Florida Rep. Matt Gates, who urged the speaker to release the footage as McCarthy was courting his vote for the speakership, would not say if that was part of the commitment made to encourage him to vote present and help McCarthy's cause. And in a related story, House Republicans are moving to provide defendants in the January 6th related cases access to thousands of hours of that Capitol security footage, a move that could influence many of the ongoing prosecutions stemming from the violent attack. Rep. Barry Loudermilk 
who chairs the House Administration Committee's oversight subpanel, said that the access for accused rioters and others, which Speaker McCarthy has greenlighted, would be granted on a case-by-case basis. Kind of like your tours in the Capitol Tunnels, were those granted on a case-by-case basis, Mr. Loudermilk? Now, Loudermilk is going to be leading this effort, given his senior administration panel post. And that's according to a senior Republican congressional aide who addressed the evolving decision on condition of anonymity. The GOP aide added that the new House majority is working on a system that eventually will allow members of the media and the public to access some of the January 6th records as well. But as long as Fox gets it first and could cherry pick and, and, and whitewash. The footage access plan, described by three people familiar with the discussions, follows McCarthy's move to grant exclusive access to the 41,000 hours of internal capital film from the day of the riot and the day before the riot, the 24-hour period, to Fox News' Tucker Carlson. McCarthy and his allies are also making clear that there will be limits, etc., as we spoke about in the last story. Quote, what gets released is obviously going to be scrutinized to make sure you're not exposing any sensitive information that hasn't already been exposed. That's what uh, Majority Leader Steve Scalise said. Sure. McCarthy told reporters Tuesday he ultimately envisioned releasing nearly all of the surveillance footage publicly, with exceptions for sensitive security information. And Loudermilk should be careful what he wishes for. See, currently, all the January 6th defendants already have access to all of the video from noon to 8 p.m. on January 6th in a portal for discovery as evidence. That accounts for about 18,000 hours. But the remaining hours of the total 41,000 hours are of the the full 24-hour period, including the day leading up to January 6th, which includes Barry Loudermilk's Capitol tours. Remember when he said, oh, it was a family of constituents with kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess a couple of them had red hats. Okay. And then some of their friends came. Oh, okay. It was like 18 people. Uh, Okay. Yeah. They were all wearing red hats. So, He lied and lied and lied and lied. And that footage is in there. So will Fox News show that? Yeah, I'd bet the beans they don't. And many of the Republican Party's marquee players, including Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, and uh, top GOP leaders in Congress, are not going to go to the CPAC this week in Maryland, dealing a significant blow to the annual gathering's stature (laughs) because it had such prestige before with Nazi odal rune-shaped stages. The abandonment of CPAC, which runs from Wednesday through Saturday, comes as its chairman, Matt Schlapp, defends himself against a lawsuit alleging that he grabbed the crotch of a male aide to then-Senate candidate Herschel Walker in Georgia in October, without consent. In a filing in a Virginia court this month, Schlapp's lawyers wrote that he denies having committed sexual battery. Despite the mass exodus, the party's most dominant figure... Former guy Trump plans to speak at the conference late Saturday afternoon. That's also probably why nobody else wants to speak at this pile of shit. The list of luminaries skipping CPAC, I say that with a tongue-in-cheek, is long and prestigious, also tongue-in-cheek. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna Romney McDaniel, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, and Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. All of them are too moderate to go to CPAC. A person familiar with the plans of McDaniel, who has spoken at CPAC before, declined to elaborate on the reason for her absence this year. In the past, the RNC has also been listed as a sponsor of CPAC. This year? Nope, not so much. McConnell notably has not attended the event in recent years. Uh, The crowd booed him in 2021 when the former guy took a dig at him in a CPAC speech. Let them fight, I say. And the first House Republican to call for George Santos's resignation, more fights, is now taking a step further. 
introducing a bill that would prevent the embattled New Yorker from profiting off of his campaign lies. Santos's fellow first-term New York rep, Anthony Desposito, has started circulating a proposed bill among his GOP colleagues for a bid to prevent members convicted of certain offenses from then profiting off of book deals, speech commissions, television shows, and the like. That's according to a copy first obtained by Politico. While Desposito's measure does not name Santos directly, a Republican with knowledge of the move says it was triggered by the scandalous New Yorker. Nearly the entire Santos background has been called into question after a deluge of news stories detailed the lies, contradictions, and misleading comments he repeatedly made about his resume, his ancestry, his marriage, his education, everything. He lied about everything. The idea that once Santos leaves office, he could profit off of his story with a book or movie contract has privately percolated and annoyed House Republicans. Percolated among and annoyed. Pardon my grammar there. The bill would, quote, prohibit members of the House of Representatives who are convicted of offenses involving financial or campaign finance fraud from receiving compensation for biographies, media appearances or expressive or creative works and other purposes. So I guess they're pretty sure Santos is going to be convicted of financial or campaign finance fraud. Separately, Desposito is pushing on a resolution that proposes similar changes to the House rules and a spokesperson for Desposito declined to comment on this story. And finally, a former FBI special agent was sentenced to 72 months in federal prison for conspiring to accept at least $150,000 in cash bribes and other items of value in exchange for providing sensitive law enforcement information to a corrupt attorney with ties to organized crime. Babak Brumont, 56, of Lafayette, California, was sentenced by U.S. District Judge Gary Klausner In addition to the prison sentence, Klausner ordered Broman to pay a $30,000 fine and to forfeit $132,309 linked to his criminal activity. Quote, Mr. Broman took an oath of office swearing to defend the laws of the United States and to uphold the high standards of the FBI. He violated this solemn promise and now he will face the consequences of his choice. That is United States Attorney Martin Estrada. Quote, not only did this one-time special agent put his self-interest above all else, but he also did so while providing support to other criminals who compromise public safety. I'm grateful for our hardworking law enforcement partners, including the FBI, who worked to uncover this misconduct and brought this corrupt agent to justice. Today's sentencing of Mr. Bromond, a former FBI agent who abandoned his pledge to serve the American people in exchange for a lavish lifestyle, is gratifying and reaffirms the FBI's commitment to weeding out corruption of public officials, including those from within. That's Donald Alway, the assistant director in charge of the FBI's Los Angeles field office. I'm proud of the agents and prosecutors who devoted years to this sensitive investigation and trial, which resulted in today's outcome and a restoration of trust by the people we serve. All right, everybody, that is the news. We'll be right back with Dean and Nina. You don't want to miss this interview. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. These days, it can be difficult to stay on top of everything you have to do in a single day and also eat healthy. But I found a solution. It helps me save time and energy all while getting to eat delicious meals sent right to my door from Green Chef. I recently had their sesame ginger chicken with sauteed peas and cabbage and carrots and sesame seeds. It is phenomenal. It is chock full of complex and savory flavors. It's tangy. It's even a little spicy. It's got a kick. It is the best meal I've had in a really long time. And we've teamed up with Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And they have a deal for you. Go to greenchef.com slash dailybeans60 and use code dailybeans60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. 
I love how Green Chef has options no matter what your lifestyle is. They can accommodate keto, paleo, vegan, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and even gluten-free. So it's super easy to stick to your health plan in the kitchen. This spring, bring more flavor to your table with Green Chef's elevated and wholesome recipes featuring seasonal organic produce, which is delicious, fresh, unique farm fresh ingredients. It is sure to hit the spot. And now there's more customization than even before. In addition to swapping protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon for USDA certified organic ground beef and chicken or wild-caught sockeye salmon, you can now also add chicken or fish to select vegan and vegetarian recipes each week for an additional protein boost. And since both Green Chef and Factor are now owned by HelloFresh, there's a wide array of meal plans to choose from. There's so much choice. Now there's definitely something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now you can enjoy both brands at a discount. Expand your plate with unique farm-fresh ingredients like figs, dates, and artichokes. Go to greenchef.com slash dailybeans60 and use code dailybeans60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. You'll be glad you did. I'm And today, we are very lucky to be speaking with, and we're, by the way, trying to keep it blue in this particular interview, because our friend who's been on the podcast before and who's absolutely amazing, Dina Nina, is running for Alder in Wisconsin in the general election that happens on April 4th. That is the same general election where we're trying to flip the Constitution of the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. So I am very excited to talk to you today. Dina Nina, hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. You look absolutely beautiful, first of all. Just have to get that out of the way. Thank you. And so does your platform, okay? Because let's talk about this. Because first of all, tell us about, you know, who you want to represent and what an alder is. Because a lot of folks who don't live in Wisconsin, Chicago, et cetera, aren't really familiar with the term alder. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what that would look like in another place? Like, what's that the equivalent of? It's a city council, our, our city council is called a common council, and we have alders. So I'm running for a district that's pretty blue and pretty progressive and um, super excited. So this is District 15. Correct. And uh, yeah, and, and it's it, currently the seat is held by an alder foster, right, who is a, a Democrat. And yes. talk a little bit about why you think it's important to keep this seat progressive or even maybe push it to the left a little bit, because I think it's very important to understand sort of the different nuances between you and the Democrat that you're running against, who is named Mm -hmm. Bradley Hinkfuss, right? So talk a little bit about the differences between you and Bradley. Absolutely. Uh, So our district is pretty progressive as it is. We are 70% Democrat. We have a lot of working class family artists, in our district and small businesses that need a little help. My opponent is a really great guy. He has long ties in the communities of of the Isthmus here in Madison, and he's a really nice guy. Our platforms are comparable. He works in affordable housing. As far as I'm concerned, I one, representation matters. There has not been a trans person who has held an office in Madison or the whole county. So for that purpose alone, I decided to run because I think it's important that we have representation of all people 
in all spaces, especially spaces where decisions are made about us. Additionally, as an artist, I am under-resourced. I understand what it's like to have to eat rice for a month because you can't afford anything else. And I understand what it's like to prioritize your bills, you know, over your body. And I just think it's despicable. We have artists, creatives, performers, small families who are being priced out of Madison, people who built this city. And I think about it and I was like, I can't imagine a Madison without mural arts. I can't imagine a Madison without creatives and performers. I don't want to live in a Madison like that. So I believe that my lived experiences give me a really important perspective. We don't often have under-resourced individuals at the table making decisions because the barrier to entry is so high. It costs a lot to run for office, even a local office. It takes a lot of time to run for a local office. So that barrier to entry keeps trans people, keeps people who are impoverished from running for office. And as somebody who is barely hanging on, (laughs) I believe it's important that I win this seat and am able to represent those of us who really understand what affordability is. Yeah, it's so important, particularly at the city council or alder level, Mm -hmm. that our representation is us, right? You know, because I mean, this would be historical for, you know, a first trans person to, to serve as an alder. And that is important, not just because you have lived experience as an LGBTQIA plus person or a member of that community, but because, like you said, you understand the gig economy and the challenge that gig workers face, the day to day paycheck to paycheck challenge, some of the rules that are, you know, voted on and set forth by by alders and city like city council members. We know I talk out here from, you know, California, we have city council. Those policies impact gig workers lives and not just gig workers but all workers and and so talk a little bit about how that sort of weaves into housing and the unhoused because i know that that is a huge you know so many people are just a heartbeat away from houselessness and and talk about how your lived experience can can help better the lives of of people in the 15th Mm-hmm. Well, I I have been a heartbeat away from being unhoused. You know, I I'm I have been fortunate enough not to have to experience homelessness, but I I definitely understand how close I've been. Like there was a point a couple of years ago that I was planning to live out of my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, if this happens, I can live out of my car. I'm fine. So I think just just the perspective that I have, knowing what it's like, I can bring that to the table and be like, look, more of us are this close to being unhoused than you realize. And we need to find ways to empower workers, especially gig workers, um, and those who are all families, people moving into Madison that that want to live in Madison, but they have to live 45 minutes away because they can't afford it. Um, Also, we are, I think, everywhere around the country, we're having housing crises. And and it's vital that we, I want to uh, increase density so that we can create 
spaces for people to live and make sure that we're also prioritizing lower income housing with middle income housing instead of just what we're seeing all around the country, luxury apartment buildings, right? Those are great. I want to live in one someday, you know, but <laughs> most of us can't afford that, right? Right. All these landlords jacking up rent prices, all of these, all of this housing purchased by corporations and outside entities, people who don't even live in the cities and counties where they want to purchase uh, this land and these homes. And we're seeing that consolidation causing, it's almost, it's like a monopoly on housing. And and I know yeah. that that is one of the big priorities for you is to is to make it fair so that everyone yeah. gets a chance to to which you know housing is a human right yeah yeah it's true it should be right and then we also we're luckily putting time and energy and money into getting a temporary men's shelter right now but we also need to prioritize lgbtqia individuals who are unhoused they need to have access to shelters where they're safe and taken care of. So that'll be a big priority for me as well. And another big priority for you, which you have lived experience with, is mental health care. Talk a little bit about what you plan to do in District 15 about the the severe shortage of mental health care. And this is, uh, you know, this is nationwide. But, you know, for your constituents there, what are some of the programs that you're looking at? Uh, definitely looking at our CARES program. Our CARES program is a program that has first responders who are not police or fire. So those first responders go to mental health, uh, address mental health crises, and they're skilled and equipped to take care of those. Instead of further traumatizing individuals, I a friend of mine called me a couple of years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and was like, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to deal with with this, I'm I'm considering just going. And I was like, maybe you should call the suicide prevention hotline and just see if you can get anything. Or there's also an, a federal line that you can call to get uh, mental health assistance and programming. But she was met with police and fire bringing her in to make sure that she wasn't a hazard to herself or someone else. And that, in the middle of a mental health crisis, having police and fire who aren't skilled in trauma-informed care, who don't know how to deal with those issues, is traumatizing and it shouldn't be happening. So we're working to expand that, and that's a big priority for me as well. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. You know, people sending, uh, calling in for a wellness check and you just this banging at the door and, and you know, it's 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 hugely disconcerting. And we've seen video after video yeah. of, uh, yeah, of, of people ill-equipped to handle those mental health crises. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that, that sort of sets you apart from your opponent as we go into April 4th? And, and also how important just in general the, the April 4th election is for Wisconsinites? Oh, gosh, it's so important, not only for Madison. This is, like I said, this is a historic, like you said, this is a historic race. This is a historic election with Janet Protasewicz, who is Judge Janet Protasewicz, who is uh, the progressive nominee for the Supreme Court here in Wisconsin. It's vital that we have somebody in there to actually make measured decisions about who we are about our bodies and 
as we know, we've seen it across the country. They're, they've been packing the courts for so long that it's hard to dig out mm-hmm. and to find space to breathe. And with Janet Protasewicz in there, I believe that we can really make a difference for human beings in our state. That's a huge thing. And then next, we need to get our um, Senate and Assembly to flip so we can at least get some things done for the people of Wisconsin instead of being attacked left and right and having um, far-right extremists block bans for conversion therapy. They don't care about our children, let's be clear. They care about straight white children. They don't care about queer children. They want us to be further traumatized, and I think it's horrific. Luckily, in Madison, we have a ban that remains on conversion therapy. But as somebody who's been through that, who came from that that whole background, I'm still, decades later, dealing with the traumas that were inflicted upon me just because I'm trying to be who I am. Mm-hmm. So... Me being the first transgender alder could really, really make a difference for trans and queer and children who have no idea what their sexual orientation or gender identity is. One of the kids in my neighborhood, Charlie, gosh, that kid knocking doors for me just out there. But they were so excited to see somebody who was trans running for office that I was like, I have to do all I can to win this seat and do everything I can for Charlie, for other trans and non-binary and queer and LGBTQIA plus individuals within my district, within our city, within our state. The more we normalize having underrepresented people at the table, the easier it's going to be for children who are going to be part of that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that microcosm there is so it's critical. Yeah. And then, you know, larger picture Republicans in general, what we're talking about, you know, now we're talking about going outside of Madison as well, Wisconsin as a whole and, and changing the balance of the, of the Supreme court Republicans don't even care about any children after they're born, you know? So yeah, yeah so it, it's so important to have that representation, but you know, to represent all, It's just not even anywhere near their agenda. So I am so excited that you are running and I I want everybody to get information and find out where they can help your campaign and then also get everybody and bring friends with you to vote on April 4th in this critical, critical general election, not just for the, you know, state as a whole and the Supreme Court justice, which is incredibly important, but for the policies where that impact you in your town, in your district, where you live, where the rubber meets the road. That's what alders do. And uh, tell everyone, Dina, where they can find your campaign website and and support you and do anything they can to help get the vote out for you. Yeah. Dina Nina for Madison. It's D-I-N-A-N-I-N-A for Madison.com. You can go there, support the campaign. If you are in the area and you want to volunteer We would love some hands and feet knocking on doors and talking to people and really getting the word out on the ground. Um, If you are not in the area, I would love your support financially. Running for office, like I said, is not cheap. It takes a lot to really get, you know, mailers out and get 
yard signs and and just to be able to get out there and get it all done. So if you would like to donate to my campaign right there, Dina Nina for Madison, and it's Dina Nina for Madison on all the socials except for Twitter, which I'm not super active on, but it's Dina Nina for MSN. For MSN. Okay. And is it for F-O-R or the number four? It's F-O-R. Great. Just want to make that clarification. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm so excited to see you. And I'm so excited. We've had so many of my friends are running for office, people that we've had on the podcast before. I'm so glad that I can get a chance to support you in this. Uh, I think this would be historic representation for the people of the 15th district to have you. They would be lucky to have you as their alder. So everybody get out and vote. It's April 4th. Get everybody and tell them it's very important this time. It's important every time, but you know, this, this one, this one could shape future elections, how districts are drawn, gerrymandering, you know, we have such a slim majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. This impacts that. And uh, thank you again for spending some time with me. I appreciate you. And uh, everybody will be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news. news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to send an adoptable pet in your area, or you want to give a shout out to a small business or a shout out to somebody you love or you want to play shit kids say or shit you say or shit adults say your parents <laughs> shit coworkers say. That's always fun. Uh, you want to send me pictures of frogs, frog orgies. You want to send baby pictures. Pod pet pics are always welcome, especially if they're wearing costumes. Anything you want to send us at all, please do so at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Denise, pronoun she and her. Dear Leguminati. Oh, my God, this dog. Menagerie. I can already see it. It's so adorable. Dear Leguminati, I love you and consider the Daily Beans my sanity salvation. I live with someone who thinks YouTube is a good source, so the struggle is real. I listen before I get out of bed to have the strength. Thank you. Sending you pics from my furry support system Stella Rose, Frank Sinatra, and Carl Sagan. This week, the boys went on walkabout, scaring me to death. They returned home thanks to an active community that threw themselves into the effort. Oh, they got out. Oh, that's so scary. You'll see the tags. I've gotten them in case a certain someone leaves the door open again. Uh-huh. Again, thank you for being a raft of sanity in my sea of chaos. Look at these beautiful pibby babies. Oh, all oh, these sweethearts. Oh, and the tag says, I'm an asshole and ran away. Please call my mom before she loses her shit. <laughs> that's so awesome. Oh, yeah, that's great. Thank you for sending that in. Next up from Jill, pronouns she and her. I loved your good news regarding the friendly neighborhood cat, Zorro. I also have a friendly cat named Zorro, and all my neighbors know him and love him. Our house is labeled Zorro's house. (laughs) He's so friendly, I've caught the FedEx and UPS drivers taking selfies with him when he greets them on the front porch. I've enclosed several pics of Zorro laying on my legs while I sit and listen to your podcast, and a pic of him working on my laptop. Oh, Zorro's a tuxie, the best, sweetest cats in the world. Look at those toe beans. Pink and black toe beans. Oh, what a sweetheart. Give Zorro scritches for me. All right, next up from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Obligatory praise for the high-quality, informative, and entertaining news delivery. First, a mini-confession. The amount of times I have to rewind the feed to comprehend the volume of factual data you provide is frankly embarrassing. I can't be the only one. Now the plea for help. 
followed by this short story for context. Last December, my mother and I stepped in to provide 24-7 care for a family member in hospice. It was the most difficult and surreal experience of my life. While weathering the storms in Northern California that define the season, we also weathered the cycles of addiction and abuse that our family member suffered for decades from her husband. In recounting the story to a friend, she confirmed the title Death Warrior, and indeed, every moment felt like a battle to provide the dignity and peace she deserved in navigating this process. Sparing the worst of the details, he ended up in jail, allowing our family member the peace she needed to pass on January 18th, 2023. Now for the plea. His family member had a dog. His name is Dozer. Before her passing, she made a plea to me to get him out of there. Unfortunately, we can't keep him, and I've already caused significant damage to my relationship by taking on the bestest of good boys. I've been working with local rescues, private rehoming services, and have literally contacted everyone I know with no luck. I'm devastated to say our only remaining option is to surrender him to the Humane Society. I'm dropping his Marin Humane profile and some pictures in case any of the Beans listeners are looking for a devoted forever best friend. There's a link in the show notes. Few basic deets, 65-pound pit bull terrier, super loving and sweet, great with adults, children's dogs, and cats. P.S. to A.G., I'm so very sorry about Bruce Willis, and I hope Wilford Brimley is settling into his new digs. Thank you for all you do. Oh, look at this sweet baby. If anybody's interested in this baby, hit us up. Hello at MullerSheWrote.com, and we'll put you in touch. And uh, Wilford Brimley has been rehomed. He is an only cat cat only he could be the only child in the home so he is now living with this wonderful single mom and her beautiful daughter emily and they are having a wonderful time i get pictures all the time and uh, now i am taking care of two little tuxedo cats whose uh, mom had to go to hawaii and needed a home so that's the there's two that's the tuxedo situation there was a the, the tuxedo shuffle happened and so now i've got ralph and stash brother and sister, bonded pair, tuxedos, and Wilford has a home and is doing wonderfully. And I'm still waiting for Bruce Willis to come home. The door's open. I'm looking at his cat door right now in my studio. So if anybody's interested in this pupper, send us an email. Um, hello at MullerSheWrote.com. Beautiful dog. Next up from Sherry, pronouns she, they. Hey, swearing women, warriors, beans, queens. Sending you a what the mutt puzzle. Look at this little part chihuahua for sure. Let's see here. Uh, okay, so that's all it says. So the picture of this dog clearly got some Chihuahua, maybe some Corgi, German Shepherd. I'm going to say Chihuahua, Corgi, Chow, Shepherd, Shih Tzu. All right, let's see what we got. We got Chihuahua, Eskimo. Did I say Eskimo? I was gonna. Fuck, I was going to say that. Rat Terrier, Miniature Pincher, Poodle, Pekingese, and Superman. I was off. I was so off. I was like, should I put Pekingese and Eskimo in there? Like that last pupper? Next time. Next time. Next time we'll get them. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for sending these in. I really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow with some more news. And uh, a great guest is going to be on the show tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. It's going to surprise guest. I'm excited for that. And uh, I just, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for sending in your good news. Please keep sending it into dailybeanspod.com and just click on contact. Uh, Until tomorrow, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I'm NAG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.